The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory, Glory to you, O Lord. As Jesus was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not kill. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. You shall not, you shall not defraud. Honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, all of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said, You are lacking in one thing. Go, sell what you have and give to the poor. You will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. The disciples were amazed at his words. So Jesus again said to them in reply, Children, how hard it is to enter the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for one who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. They were exceedingly astonished and said them and said among themselves, Then who can be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, For human beings, it is impossible, but not for God. All things are possible for God. Peter began to say to him, we have given up everything and followed you. Jesus said, Amen, I say to you. There is no one who has given up house or brothers or sisters, or mother or father, or children or lands, for my sake and for the sake of the gospel, who will not receive a hundred times more now in this present age, houses and brothers and sisters, and mothers and children and lands, with persecutions, and eternal life in the age to come. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Good morning, everybody. Let's keep our, our parish in, uh, in your prayers, because as you know, COVID's making a little comeback, and many of our families are quarantined and exposed, so sense of, of, of fear all around. So, so everybody in our prayers, huh? make sure that everyone's okay. But I think our readings will enlighten us and give us strength and hope. So let's dive in. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. If you've ever driven around the valley and you notice the names of all the different ranches, 
the pattern of the names will give you a clue of where these people are from. Magdalena, Dotta, Grandi, Roberti, Filippini, Genasi. And it's obvious where they're from. From China, obviously, right? So, <laughs> no, as we all know, this valley was, was settled in the late 1900s and early 20th century by the Swiss Italians, of course. Or if you look at the names of the, of the roster of the, of the parish, and it gives you more clues, especially during that time period. Sheridans, Gallagher, or like my family, the O'Sullivans, right? And it's obviously where we're from, Ireland. Because during that time period, you have the waves of the Western Europeans coming across. And in whatever age, there's always from certain countries, certain nations have their, their heyday. Currently, it's from Latin American countries. That's why many of our, if you look at the parish rolls, you start seeing the Spanish names. My family came from the Philippines in the 60s, specifically 1968. Because during that time period, it was, there was a big wave of Filipinos now coming across. My mother, who was part of this, this wave, which by the way, there are over 40 million Americans, 14% of our country that were born elsewhere currently. It's a mass, we, we are, as we say, an immigrant nation. And so in 1968, my grandfather came over. In particular, in response to what my mother, you know, families, they tend to have family stories. My mother loves telling the story. Every time my mom brings it up, I'm like, Mom, you, you shared the story a hundred times. You keep talking about it. But every single time, my mom, tears will come to her eyes. She was the youngest of 15. Big Catholic family. You know how those go. Beautiful Catholic family. And she's the youngest of the 15, and she was one of those little kids that, that clung, clung, to, clung to her mother. And she remembers stories how sometimes at dinner, there was not enough food to, fill, to feed the mouths, of course, because we're from a poor, poor part of the Philippines. And she said my grandmother would take my mom in tow, and my grandmother would go house to house in the, in the town, begging for a bowl of rice, begging. So that way she can go home and feed the kids. And my mother even said, my, 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 my grandfather and my grandmother, they, never, they hardly ate, ate anything. They never ate, because of course they got to feed the kids and whatever was left over, that's what they ate. And so in 1968, of course, that was enough. Let's go to the United States. And if you think about it, all of our, whether, whether it's the Swiss Italians, whether it's the Irish, whether it's the Latin Americans now, whether it's the, the Filipinos, think about what it takes for an immigrant to leave their home country. They leave everybody that they know, that they love. They leave their culture and they go to some far off place, uncertain what will greet them. That involves risk, doesn't it? But they go because they, they know this place here, the United States, that if we just put our back into it, for the most part, we'll all be successful. We just put in our, put in our hard work, 
some elbow grease. For the most part, we will succeed, barring some tragic, unforeseen accident or some disease. Or, for the most part, we will succeed here. But it requires risk. And in many ways, it was the same risk that Jesus challenges the rich young man today. The rich young man runs up to Jesus, goes out to him, falls before him and says, Master, good teacher. And he asks him, notice now, the rich young man here, he's on the right path. He's on the right path. He knows what questions to ask Jesus. He doesn't ask Jesus for healing. He doesn't ask Jesus for, for anything else. He asks Jesus the most prominent question that anyone who's serious about the spiritual life asks. Jesus, how do I get to heaven? How do I get there? He's not distracted by anything else in the world. He's, he's, he's focused on the one thing that we should all be focused on. Jesus lays it out. He says, all right, you want to get into heaven? Do the commandments. Don't commit adultery. Don't, don't steal. Don't lie. Follow the commandments of God that he laid out for you. I've done all of this since my youth. And Jesus says, and notice this next line is powerful. Jesus says, when he looks upon the young man, he said he looked upon him and he loved him. Because he knows that he peers the heart of the young man. Because we can hide nothing from God. Nothing is a mystery to him. Especially our complex hearts. We think we're hiding, but we're behind closed doors. Our Lord knows everything about him. He knows better than ourselves. And he looked upon the rich young man and he looked at him with love. Because he knew he was striving to get to heaven. But he lacked one thing. Go sell what you have. Give it to the poor. And his face went away sad, for he had many possessions. Which begs the question, why does Jesus want this rich young man to give away his possessions? What is wrong with money? Or here's another better question to probe it deeply. What is the amazing thing about wealth? Why do you think we love it so much? And it's not, again, it's nothing wrong with it in and of itself. Why do we enjoy our wealth and our possessions? Because it gives us security, doesn't it? It gives us security. I'm not going to go home tonight for dinner and beg for rice. Now, I buy bags of 50-pound bags of rice, and I take it home. Huh? I have rice flowing out of my closet. I'm from an Asian culture, so we eat rice for breakfast, lunch, dinner, and snacks. We eat rice all day long. Secu- Money gives us security. And none of us in here are going to wonder if we're going to sleep tonight. We're all going to sleep in a warm bed, surrounded by... 20 pillows. Some of you guys are crazy with your pillows. We're going to sleep in a warm bed. It gives us security. We're all going to pay our bills. We're all going to be all right. It gives us security. 
So why does Jesus now want this rich young man to let go of it? Because again, it's an issue of the heart. Jump back to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. We have Adam and Eve. The serpent now enters in, the devil. And the first words out of the devil's mouth to our mother Eve, the devil says to her, Did God really tell you not to eat of the tree in the garden? This is what the devil just did there. He plants a seed of doubt in us. In other words, he makes us mistrust God. God will not provide for you. God is a liar. You cannot trust him. Do it yourself. Follow your own way. And then once we do that, Genesis chapter 4 now shows us the repercussions. The story of Cain and Abel. Why does Cain kill his brother Abel? It is because he is envious and jealous of his brother Abel. Why? Because Cain believed the devil. He believed that in his possessions, why Cain held back from God was that if he can hold on to it, if he can build up his wealth and hoard it and hold it back from God, then he will find that security, that comfort. Because that's always the next step. If we don't have God in our lives, we'll find our security elsewhere. God knows that. And so we now, going back to the gospel, he asks him, to the rich young man, Jesus, I don't, want, I don't just want your obedience here. I want your heart. And your heart doesn't trust me. And so I will challenge you, and this is where now it extends to us. And this is where I want us to see in a different light our possessions. All of us here have been blessed tremendously by the Lord. And the Lord asks us to be generous and give it back to Him. You see, this is where the 10% comes in of our income. The word tithing comes from the word tenth. And why the Jewish people were required to give 10%. Even though now the church doesn't give us a certain number, but the principle still maintains. We must be lavish with our generosity. Why? Is it because God needs more money? Is God broke? So he needs our money? No. Because he understands the deeper reality here. He wants us to grow in trust in him. That security and that comfort that comes with our material possession, which is a great thing. He says, all right, that's an amazing thing. You've been blessed. Now I want you and I to go deeper. I want you to be lavish with your wealth towards me. And that will involve risk, won't it? Because that will force you and I to say, all right, Lord, if I give this part away back to you or, or to the poor, you're going to have to provide for me. Do you see that risk it entails when you give lavishly to the point where it stings you and I? But here's the amazing thing, this risk that it involves. 
It's in our DNA. Do you realize that? It's it's in our DNA to risk like this. Our ancestors, whatever generation they, they, they came from, whether it's you're part of the Swiss-Italian migration here, or you're from Latin America, or, or, or like my people. Could you imagine our ancestors who first came in here? Because of course they probably sat around a dinner table and said, all right, I have an idea. This conversation probably took place in all of our family's homes sometime. I have an idea. I want to go to the United States. I want to pick up and leave. Imagine now you're, you're transported back to that conversation at the dinner table whether it was our grandparents, our parents, or some our great-great-grandparents. Imagine if they began to doubt. Said, you know what? Hmm, that's, that's a long boat ride to the United States. We don't know what's going to happen when we get there. Why don't we just stay here in comfort in our home? Yeah, life is hard here, but let's just stay here because we know this place. What would you tell your ancestor? If I was present in 1968 when my grandfather came over here, I would tell him his name is Jose. Of course, we didn't call him Jose, obviously. I'm like, Jose, risk it. Go to the United States. Because I won't have to beg for rice anymore. Do you realize what's going to happen when we get over there? If you risk it, if you risk your neck and you go all the way across the world, something amazing will happen and which will radically change the lives of your children and your grandchildren that you don't even are even aware that are, are going to exist because of this risk. And look what happened because you risked it. Jesus is asking us to risk it. And we're not just going to get money back in return, by the way, and become American citizens. Oh, no, God's plan is much more glorious. If we risk it, look what Jesus says. And he said this four times in the gospel. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God. That's our home. And our Lord says, if you want to get there, you will need to grow in trust of me. And that will happen now. If you risk it all. And be lavish with your generosity. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit.